episode is called People's Choice Parable. The time has come for the much-anticipated People's Choice Parable Week here at All Places Together. There was lots of very official voting over on the Instagram stories. So a big thank you to everyone who participated in the nominating process and all of the runoff elections. It was really fun to see um, how all of that unfolded. And we are excited to announce the parable that won. Can we get a drum roll? The persistent widow and the unjust judge. And I have to say, Emma Kate, if I could have voted, I don't know if this one would have been the one I would have voted for. <laughs> this is also the one that I was um, really hoping that would not be picked. And I think there's perhaps a reason why why this one that we, we were wary of is now in our laps. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe because we're all a little bit, yeah, like wary of it or a little uncertain. And um. So I guess thank you for trusting us, dear voters and dear listeners, for being voices that you want to hear uh, wrestle with this or hear our questions about the text. Um, because this one, this one left me scratching my head a little bit. That's for sure. Yeah, I think in um, doing some reading on this too, like it's it's one of those parables that perhaps is with us for the lifetime that we're going to talk about it today and, and come up with some, some learnings that we've thought of. And um, this would be a great time for, for listeners. If um, you, you listen to this afterwards, whenever this is, you can contact us. Maybe you have a different perspective or a new insight and then we can, we can all grow and learn together. Yes, please comment, send us a DM, send us an email. As always, like we love to hear your voices um, and hear where you're thinking about and what you're thinking about when it comes to the parables or really anything that we're doing on the podcast. We love to kind of hear your thoughts and your sides of the story too. Well, what do you think? Should we jump in? Should we do it? Let's let's jump in. We're gonna get our, our toes in that water by um by doing the reading first. This parable comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my accuser. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So, Colleen, um, can you tell us a little bit about the social positioning of the widow in this story? What 
what were widows um, seen as in during this time? Yeah, I think starting with the widow is a great place to dig in because in reflecting on this, the stereotype of widows at this particular moment in history is actually very different than the biblical examples of widows um, when we look at some of the particular stories that are in the Bible. Um, particularly in the Hebrew scriptures that Jesus would have been familiar with and his followers would have been familiar with. Um, So one of the realities about widows um, at the time of Jesus and in the centuries beforehand, that they were a designated sort of special class of people for whom God commands multiple times should receive special care and treatment by the Jewish people like Jesus and his followers. Um, Many times throughout the Hebrew scriptures, um, there's particular instructions to care for um, people who are widowed, orphaned, and also immigrants, people who are outside of their homeland, that they are to have particular um, attention and cared for, Because of the vulnerabilities that came with being a widow in this very patriarchal society. Um, Widows are women whose husbands died, and this could happen at any age for any reason. Um, It's not necessarily thinking about widows who are like near the end of their own life. Like it could have been a very young widow. Um, But one thing about the society, one of the reasons why widows were vulnerable was because they didn't automatically inherit property or money from their husbands. Um, That automatic kind of inheritance or passing down would go to the sons. Um, Some widows could receive bequests, like if their husbands named that in their last will and testament. So they, if they were provided for in that way by their husband, they could receive a bequest of either property or money. But if the hus- husband didn't do that, um, the widow would then have to depend on her sons to take care of her. And if the sons didn't take care of her, or if she didn't have sons, she only had daughters, um, or if she didn't have any children at all, she would be left in a very vulnerable place um, where she would need to either rely on um, the charity and compassion of others or find a way to work to provide for herself. And so because of that vulnerability, it could be very easy for a widow to be exploited. And we don't actually know in this case, in the story of this this parable of this particular widow, if she has been exploited. Um, but it's possible. Like that is something that would not be hard to do. So that's some of the possibility of what the the stereotype and the situation of widows in this particular time. But when we think about some of the particular widows in the in the scriptures that get named, um, these are women who show strength and courage and tenacity and kind of really break any type of stereotype about being 
um, limited or discouraged by one's vulnerability or perhaps social weakness. Um, two in particular that come to mind are Ruth and Tamar. Um, Ruth has an entire book of a Bible dedicated to her in the Old Testament. Um, and with her mother-in-law, they're both widowed. Um, they go, Ruth goes to a land that isn't hers into her mother-in-law's land. And together they like devise this plan for how they're going to be provided for basically securing another marriage for for Ruth in a very, um, kind of sneaky and maybe spicy way. Um, and so Ruth is not, while Ruth is vulnerable for sure, and so is her mother-in-law, Naomi, like, that doesn't hold them back at all. Like, they find a way forward together. Tamar is another widow in the Old Testament whose story is also really complicated and a little risque. I have to admit, it's not one that I'm as familiar with, um, but she doesn't let her vulnerability of being widowed hold her back. She makes some pretty bold and also kind of spicy moves in order to make sure um, that she can be provided for. Um, And also like around the complicated understandings of inheritance as well, that like she has stability in her life and for her children as well. And so There are other um, widows as well um, throughout the Old Testament scriptures that like really break kind of some of these expectations or interpretations that you might want to make because they are kind of this specially identified class of God that God's like, you've got to watch out for them, but they're kind of like watching out for themselves too. And so I think we see some of that in this particular widow in this parable as well, Um, that she seems to be breaking stereotypes about what it means to be vulnerable or perhaps at risk. Um, And I also think it's important to point out for this particular parable, um, for this particular widow, that there's no indication about whether or not if the widow's cause is just, um, if she's asking for something that's actually fair, or if she's asking for, um, of like uh, some of the Greek actually points to it more of being like she wants to avenge something, um, and so we're not really sure if her intentions are noble, um, or not, and also. We don't actually know if she is in economic need or not. Actually, the fact that she has the time to pester this judge could indicate that she is wealthy enough to not have to work every day, that she is um, living above immediate need of needing to, to go and work every day in order to make money and have enough food to be able to feed herself, get a roof over her head. Um, because keeping up with the judge, like, that's a job that takes time in and of itself. And so our widow here, she's not necessarily um, as vulnerable or experiencing poverty, I think, in some of the ways that we might imagine. 
And I think some of those questions about the challenging of the stereotype is important to think about that in terms of the judge as well. We kind of get this sentence um, from from Luke at the beginning that this judge neither fears God nor had respect for people. And so that might automatically kind of make us think lesser of him. Um, But we don't really know this judge's whole story. And certainly throughout the Hebrew scriptures, in the book of Judges, we can read about all types of judges, judges that are obedient to God and follow God's will, uh, like Deborah. And there's also lots of other unjust judges as well who, like, didn't have it together and weren't faithful to God. And so I do think that there's um, some important parallels to at least be mindful of that Scripture overall shows us examples both of just judges and unjust judges. Um, And so we have to kind of have some questions about kind of who this judge is as well. So I think that's some of the important context when it comes to this parable for us to keep in mind. So Emma, Kate, can you lead us into what's going on with Jesus at this particular moment in the Gospel of Luke? Yes. So reflecting back on our last podcast, uh, talking about the friend at midnight, which also appears in Luke, uh, we're really following this trajectory of of prayer. And, and Luke is providing um, different examples of how we should pray, the tenacity and perhaps uh, shameless audacity, as we discussed last time, uh, with which we should pray. And this parable is no different. As I was reading about um, reading about this parable, I found a commentary from David Loos, and he made a point that really just tied what we talked about last time on the on the podcast and what we're doing today um, really well. So oh, I love uh, when that happens. Briefly, I'm just going to briefly um, quote him and and then kind of dig in. So uh, to frame this, David is looking at um, how how to interpret the relationship of the unjust judge in this story and God. And what is Jesus trying to say um, in this parable about this connection? So uh, David Lowe says, the rhetorical force of the construction mirrors that of earlier instructions about prayer. Quote, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the spirit to those who ask him? And as we heard, that comes from Luke chapter 11, uh, which we heard last time. Lois goes on to say, we might read today's comparison similarly. Even if the most unjust of judges will finally relent to the ceaseless petitions, petitions of a defenseless widow, then how much more will God, who is, after all, a good judge, answer your prayers? And I really liked the way that um, he was situating that. It helped me in thinking about this parable and what Jesus is trying to say to us. And um, so we're, we're still getting the message of persistence of showing up time and time again to 
ask for things, to to pray. Um, and what I like in this in this parable is it's moving beyond just uh, an example of how to communicate and uh, perhaps pray to God. In this example, it's really about advocating for justice. And if we can take that same shameless audacity, I would say, from uh, what we learned last time and broaden that out into um, continually seeking justice. In this case, the widow um, is seeking justice for herself. And like you mentioned, Colleen, we don't really know. Um, is is that actually justice? What is the justice about? We don't right. know what Justice happened. is always a little bit subjective. <laughs> yes. The, we're not really sure what um, that justice seeking was about, but but we can translate that. I think the bigger point, um, as, as these parables show, Jesus is showing us something and we can really dig into the context of the story and then look outwards, right, to what he's really trying to say, um, is is showing up um, in in the pursuit of justice is something that is uncomfortable and takes time. So as you mentioned, this this widow has the time to continually go to this judge and demand that she receives this this justice or or whatever it is. Um, and and I think that is something that Jesus is trying to tell us today through this parable is. Um, you have to keep showing up and that it is going to be uncomfortable and time consuming. And in the same way that we heard from last time that God is going to show up and answer those prayers. And we also know God is on the side of justice. Um, and that although it takes a long time, God is going to make sure that that happens ultimately, um, whether we see it in our lifetimes or not. Yeah, and I think that's such a powerful reminder of of the time that it takes to really connect with to to connect with God to seek justice and that these things aren't instant fixes. And I think that's something that's really important in our day and age of kind of instant gratification of scrolling through TikTok or Instagram and, you know, every few seconds we can see something new or something different um, of what it means to really put the time into something and to put the time into being with God in prayer and in action as well, that there's some type of sacrifice that happens in that. Um, I was listening to um, a webinar today about digital ministry and about uh, this particular pastor was talking about how in the scripture, like with Jesus, like he was with his disciples very intensely, kind of day in, day out for three years. And that's the type of time and formation and sacrifice that it took for um, these people to really grow into being leaders of the Jesus movement. And many times in the modern day, we spend an hour a week, um, whether that hour is this podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be that hour, part of that hour for you. Um, or if you do go to a brick and mortar church on Sunday, um, and that's not necessarily like enough time to 
to connect with God, to learn about how God works in the world, to become more deeply attuned. Um, and I would never say that God can't do anything with an hour because God can. can't. God, God can and God does um, without a doubt. And at the same time, the more we dig in, the more we are persistent and um, per- persistent and consistent. That's a fun rhyme. And in, in reading the Bible in prayer and spending time wrestling with these big questions, um, looking for God in the world the more we're going to see, like the more we become attuned to that and to be able to listen and see and witness. Um, and I think that that's something really powerful that the widow can teach us is investing that time. And God is certainly more just than this judge. Um, God certainly has much more affection for people <laughs> than this judge. Um So how much more is God going to show up? I don't know, like, what the word is. Like, bless, be present, move, you know, grow with us, bring growth in us um, when we invest that time as well. I also wonder um, what the other people we don't know about many other people in the story there's just the judge and the widow uh but i'm assuming there's probably some crowd or you know people that are around that are witnessing this as well and i'm wondering what their perception of the widow would be on the one hand i could think you know maybe they're sitting around saying hey all right yeah you are in this vulnerable position and look at you having this boldness this uh courage to keep going after this Perhaps they're saying, all right, lady, get out of here. I'm actually trying to petition something else to the judge and you keep coming back day after day. Um, who knows how that could could have gone. Um, but it, it makes me think, too, that not only is the sacrifice of, of time, um, also thinking of sacrificing perhaps other people's perceptions and and what they think of us in, in our persistence towards um, justice and, and the kingdom for which God longs, like, like how, how we have to put ourselves out there. And that can be especially scary if we're in a vulnerable position um, in society. Uh, but also thinking about today, many of us probably aren't in that position or whatever the corollary would be uh, to today's world. Some of us probably have different um, varying levels of privilege. And what does it mean when we come from those places of privilege to, um, I think the call is even greater. Hey, if this vulnerable widow, if we're looking at it that way, um, can show up and, and demand justice, if we've got even more privilege, how can that should be even increasing? So like where the um, the call and the, the really duty to um, to pursue justice comes in our own lives. Yeah, and I think that's so true. Like that setting aside of like your image, um, maybe portions of your reputation. Um, it could be, you know, some of complicating some of your relationships. Um, 
all of that is at risk. And I think one of the other people we don't hear in this story as well is the person who has, quote, wronged this widow. Like, we don't know who that person is, what they did. Um, and we we don't get to hear their voice in it as well or, like, what the outcome is for them of the judge being like, fine, like, have it your way. Like, we'll make this happen. Um, we don't know what that impact is on them. And so I think that's, like, a question, too, of what does it mean when we're in the position of being called out or being called to task about certain something that someone else sees as unjust? Um, I don't think that that's something that this parable really concretely speaks to, um, other than perhaps it might require action of us or payment, I don't know, payment or reparation from us, depending on what the situation is, um, if God kind of leads in that direction. Um, again, like, I don't feel like that's really concrete, but I do think that that's like a question or a wondering that comes out from this text as well. So we really kind of jumped into how we hear this parable talking to us. Um, from that. And I loved how that really like flowed organically. Some of the other weeks we kind of paused to read the story again. And you know what? I think even though we've already dug in Emma Kate, why don't I go ahead and read it again so that everyone can have that chance to listen just to see what else God might be saying. So this is Luke 18 verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and to not lose heart. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my accuser. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Did anything else stick out to you in that listening to it, Emma Kate? Listening to this parable again uh, really drove home the point to me that God is inviting us to boldly demand what is right, whether I think that comes from God themselves or within the world today, whether, you know, demanding that from our fellow humans, our institutions, or simply in, not simply, but rather in prayer uh, to God to aid in those situations. And that God is going to deliver on their promises. And if the promise, especially when the promise is justice. So that's, that's really what's uh, circling around in my mind when I hear that story again. What about you, Colleen? Yeah. I'm really like stuck on this last sentence. Um, 
that Luke has thrown in here because there's kind of like the core parable of the interaction with the judge and the widow. And then Luke frames it with this thing up at the top of it about like, this is a parable about praying and not losing heart. And then these sentences at the end, which like the David Lowe's quote pointed to as well, like, will God not grant justice? And then there's like this little like apocalyptic piece at the end of when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? And just listening to that question, um, it kind of brings to mind, I can kind of see all of the people who are both named and unnamed in the parable and all of the ways that I might be like them. Um, Like, will, does God see faith in the widow? Does God um, see faith in a judge who does the right, does the right thing, even if it's for the wrong reasons or selfish reasons? (laughs) Like, is there still faith in that? Um, like, does God see faith in the people who are watching this play out? Um, does God see faith in the person who wronged the widow? Um, and like, and does God see faith in me when I act like any of these people? Um, and I like, and, and, and I really deeply believe, like, in the core of who I am, that God's love is with us. You hear me say it every week, team, wherever, whoever, however we are. Um, but that question of like how we're living into that. Um, and I think that the sacrifice that it can take. Um, yeah, it's just something that really kind of has me wondering. Um, that how is how is God going to find faith in my actions Perhaps at the end of time, like, sure, we can think about that, but also in, like, the day-to-day or the week-to-week in, in the rhythm and the season that I find myself in. Um, and I think that could be some pretty deep, maybe hard, maybe tender self-reflection. Um, and then if I feel like I'm in a place of not, or if you find yourself in a place of not feeling as connected to God or having the same kind of faith that maybe you once had or that you want to have, like how do we pray persistently for God to show up and to be with us um, in a new way, in a bold way so that we can grow, grow in that love and grow in that faith. So dear listeners, we hope that you have heard God in this conversation, in this parable Thank you to everyone who voted for this parable. I don't know, Emma Kate, do you feel like it ended up in an okay spot? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we definitely got somewhere with this. And um, yeah, overall, I would say I'm glad we did it. Yeah. It was tough. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, right. And I think that's an important thing of faith, too, that showing up and having the hard conversations, asking the big questions. Um, If you're walking away from this episode with lots of questions, knowing that you're not alone with that, that that is sometimes like a very faithful response to things of of continuing to wrestle and continue um, to wonder. And so I hope that whatever is going on in your week, that you are persistent and consistent in prayer and that you can see God showing up um, 
and showing love for you and the people in your life this week, wherever, whoever, and however you are. for persistent love. Holy God, you show us what it means to love persistently. Despite our wonderings and wafflings, you love us, forgive us, and continue to call us into community. You show up in incidents that aren't really coincidences. You speak to us through ancient words, texts from friends, and even words from strangers. Empower us to be persistent in love for the world like you. Increase our capacity for compassion for those whose lives are different from our own. Show us where we can be generous with our time and resources. Build us into a community that cares for each other's needs. Never let us forget your persistent love for us, wherever, whoever, and however we are. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. We hope you experienced God's love for you and the whole world in today's episode. I want to say a big thank you to Technicolor Ministries for partnering with us for Trans Day of Remembrance last week. It was such a holy time to be able to gather with people from across the country um, to center ourselves in prayer, to remember and lament the trans lives that were lost and remember God's promises of new life for all of us. So thank you, Pastor Katie, for being a partner in that. To the people of Technicolor who joined us um, and everyone else from the All Places Together family and however you found us to join us, um, thank you for joining us in that holy moment. Did you know that next week is Advent? Are you a church leader who's feeling a little bit stressed about it? Did I just make your heart rate really spike? I do apologize for that, but I also hope that as a result, you might consider um, checking out a new offering from Mother Hen Media Ministries. This is an outreach that All Places Together does to help congregations like yours um, empower and help their social media ministry happen. Um, We have social media graphic packs that are on sale for just $12. And so today you can download that from our website in our store and get graphics and suggested captions and have some new content there on your Facebook page, on your Instagram feed. Um, People are going to start searching for where they want to go to church on Christmas Eve, and these packs can help Um, show people that your church um, is active and wants to welcome them into church on Christmas Eve and beyond as well. Luna is a big fan. 
and thinks that you should purchase them as well. As always, thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Being church together is so important. Thank you also to the individuals and families who give to financially support All Places Together. If you would like to make a gift, particularly as part of your end of the year giving or Giving Tuesday giving, um, we invite you to go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom of our homepage and click that button where it says Give Now. From there, you'll be redirected to our giving platform and you can set up a one-time gift or a recurring donation through that page. Until next time, remember that God is with you and God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.